This podcast is brought to you by Premiere, the UK's leading Christian media organisation. As we approach the end of our financial year, we want to remind you that podcasts like this are only possible due to the generosity of supporters like you. You could help reach millions of people throughout the year through shows just like this. Make your best gift today at premierchristianradio.plus. The Profile. You're listening to Premier Christian Radio. Hello and welcome to The Profile here on Premier Christian Radio. I'm Jess Lester and this is the show where we delve into a well-known Christian's life and testimony. It's brought to you in association with the UK's leading Christian magazine, Premier Christianity. And for a free sample copy of the latest issue, visit premierchristianity.com forward slash free sample. Today on The Profile, I'm talking to Kim Fortvantai, also known as the Napalm Girl. If you haven't seen her photo, it's this very moving shot of Kim, aged nine, running away from the spot where three napalm bombs were dropped during the Vietnam War. And today, Kim is going to talk to us about that moment and how the bombs led her to Christ. Kim, would you mind describing to us the moment that the bomb hit? I remember on that day in June 8, 1972, I remember we was allowed to play inside the temple uh, nearby the bomb shelter. But then after lunch, the South Vietnamese soldiers saw the color mark drop inside the temple area. They knew that the temple was going to be bombed. So they yelled for the children and asked the children to run out of that temple. So I was one of the children, so I remember I ran out then just in the front of the temple and I got into Highway 1 and then I saw the the airplane so fast and so close and so loud. Then I look up and I saw bombs were landing. Then I saw the fire everywhere around me. And then, of course, when the fire touched my my body and my clothes were burned off by the fire, and I saw the fire over my left arm, I was so terrified. I was so scared. I just ran out of that fire. And then I saw my brothers and I saw my cousins and some South Vietnamese soldiers they were with us. We kept running and running for a while on the highway one until I was so tired to run anymore. I saw so many people on the road and I cried out too hot, too hot. Then uh, I remember one of the soldiers uh, gave me some water to drink. He tried to help me. He poured the water over my body. And that moment, I lost consciousness, and I didn't remember anything else. What happened when you woke up from passing out in that moment? Oh, my goodness, I wish my memory not coming back, um, but it's really painful. I remember every morning at 8 o'clock, the nurses came and took me to the bath. It makes it easier to cut all my dead skin off. It's really painful, 
But as a child, I remember I just cry and cry and cry until I couldn't bear any more pain, so I pass out. The thing that shocked me the most about your story, Kim, was that your body was found in the morgue. That is a story from my mom because I didn't remember anything else during that time. My family uh, lost me. And then my mom and my brother took three days to looking for me. And finally, they found me in the morgue. She asked um, the, the worker who worked in that hospital, and um, he explained to my mom, only one place you can find her there. And so he pointed to the direction is me in the, uh, the department of, uh, you know, the, the morgue. And so my brother ran faster than my mom, and he saw, he, he recognized me. And so my mom saw me, and, and it's, it's uh, her daughter. And so she, she picked me up and brought me in the entrance of the hospital. And on the way, she just told me that she talked with my brother where we can uh, bury your sister. But I didn't die yet. When they arrived at the lobby, my father from another hospital, because they divided to looking for me everywhere. So at that moment, miracle happened. My father met his older friend who worked as a doctor in that hospital. My, my father met that doctor as a, his old friend. They recognized that. And then my, my dad begged him, please help my daughter who got burned like three days ago and is dying, and please, can you help? And so that doctor uh, make a phone call, and then finally they, they called the ambulance and brought me to the, the Basque Burn Clinic. You were photographed as you were running away from this horrendous tragedy. How did that make you feel when you realised that someone had photographed you in that moment? After 14 months, I went home. My father, he gave me my picture. He said, this is your picture, Kim. And I look at that. Uh, Oh, my goodness. As a little girl, to be honest, When I first saw that picture, I didn't like it because I was naked. I was agony. I was just hopeless, crying. Mm -hmm. I look at myself. I didn't want that picture first taken because I saw my brothers and my cousin. They, They have a clothes on, but me. And as a girl, I was so embarrassed. I wish that picture not taken. How do you feel about the picture now? My picture was a big impact to the people around the world, but uh, not me uh, for the long time until I became a mother. When I hold my first baby and I look at him and I look at my picture, Something is a really hit me so deep in my heart. And then 
inside of me, I I say, well, I have to do something to protect my 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 baby. It, not only my baby, but all the children around the world. That moment, I look at that picture totally different. Now I have a choice. I have freedom to make a decision. I want to go back to work with that picture for good, for peace, to protect the children. And so that the moment is make me feel, wow, I'm so proud that I'm still alive and I'm so thankful that I can have that that attitude to make that the decision. And so since that moment until now, that picture is a powerful gift for me and I'm so thankful for that moment. It's helped me to do something now as a mother, as a woman uh, still alive. And deep down in my heart, I just love children. I love all of them. And especially uh, for children who are nine years old, boy and girl, they are so special for me. At that time, I wish they have uh, all the happiness, have a good education, enjoy their life, uh, not suffer like me when I was nine, like that. Having been through that experience, you must have had physical scars to deal with and emotional scars as well, I imagine. As a little girl growing up, normal, uh, like everyone else, but then after that, after the war, destroy all my childhood and uh, let me behind with a lot of scars mm. and uh, wow it's not easy to deal with the beginning not only just scars but the pain I have to endure and uh, wow what the life with the scars I have a uh, so much um, low self-esteem and I growing up with the scar I I was terrified by touching my scar I remember I always compare my scar with the buffalo skin my Mm. scar is oh no hair no pores and rough and the color and just so ugly and it's very thick and um, every time growing up with the, my scar over my neck, my back, my left arm, I feel like, why me? I didn't like it. And inside of my mind, I thought I never have a boyfriend mm. and never get married. And so that's how, how can I have the normal life? And uh, with the really sad inside, I remember the younger age, like 11, 12, before I became teenager, it's easier because I look at that and I just cry. But then became teenager. Wow, I cried the most. And I didn't want anybody know about my scars. And I know that I'm different. I'm unfit to be loved. Oh, that is so hard. It's a broke my heart. In the hospital time, I know that everybody has something 
and then they end up in the hospital, I didn't feel different. But when I came home in the village, yes, I was alone. As a child, having gone through such trauma, it must have been like a nightmare for you. Yes, I face, I have a lot of nightmares. Yeah, living with that is a very difficult. I have no idea how can I survive with that. People asking me, how can you deal with it? And I, I have the same question. <laughs> I don't know. But, but now I can answer it by grace of God. You've previously described your faith journey as the bombs leading you to Christ. Could you tell me a little bit about your faith story and how you came to know Jesus? Yes, this is so unusual because I was raised in the Kaodai religion. I was in the fourth generation and I, I learned a lot. And because of my suffering, because of the bomb burned my body, I I think because of the suffering, it makes me feel like I'm seeking more. The question I have always in my mind, why me? And um, uh, why I didn't die? Why I have to be still alive? I wish I'd be normal, but no, I wasn't normal. And because of my suffering... Even in my religion, sometimes they told me that uh, maybe the lie before I did so badly, and that's why this lie I have to suffer. That is not in my control. And deep down in my heart, I wanted to be a good person, and I want to be uh, sinless. And that's why I involve in vegetarian, because they taught me that I, if I eat meat, I was an indirect murder. It's sinful. I wanted my life so pure, uh, so good, and, but doesn't work. And all the name that they put on the list to worship to, I did. I, I was a really de- devoted in my Kaodai religion, but nobody know about my heart. I tried to move on. I couldn't. That is a very low point in my life in 1982. So I thought is I, I just wanted to die because I thought after I die, I don't have to suffer anymore. The only thing that I had at that moment, I just wanted to seek the truth, the answer, the purpose. Why me? What purpose for my life? Why I still alive? And um, nobody witnessed to me about Christianity. And I end up in the library in Saigon. I used my daytime. I got into the library and I poured out all the religious books um, to read more about religion. And then among all the books that I found, the New Testament, I read among them. When I read that in John 14, 6, when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life, no man can come to the Father but by me. When I read that, in Vietnamese, of course, right? At that moment, I was, I just speak it out. What? (laughs) 
<laughs> what was true? Because I was confusing. Jesus say that true. It make me really confusing. Uh, what was true? And the more I read the New Testament, the more question I had. And wow, I just seeking and seeking and seeking. I, I remember very clear at that time I was living with my sister family in Saigon. I had so many questions at that time. My brother-in-law, he has a cousin. That cousin was a Christian. He came to visit my sister family and then told me that he's a Christian. Because when I have a question, I, I, I tell them, and I didn't understand at all. So now I have a chance. Then I asked him so many questions, uh, but I didn't agree with him. He tried to explain all kind of like God is love, and I just uh, didn't agree. I say God is love. Why he allowed me to suffer that like that, that little girl? I didn't do anything wrong, and why that happened to me? And he tried <laughs> to explain <laughs> to me, and eventually he uh, invited me to go to church to hear more about the Bible. And I'm glad I went, but at that time, I was really struggle with life and death because it seemed to me like I, I couldn't carry on that heavy load on my body, on my mind, and my soul. I wanted to die. And uh, I remember on Saturday, in the backyard of my sister family, I sit down at the bench and I look up in the sky and I yell out with all my voice, with all my soul, God, are you real? Do you exist somewhere? Please help me. At that time, I doubt about God. Where are you? Please help me. I say that if you are real, please answer my prayer. I really needed a friend who I can talk to, who I can share with my burden. Because at that moment, I was so lonely. I was so isolated. I didn't have anybody to share, um, to talk. And then... Um, Okay, God is so real. I'm so glad I accepted the invitation of my brother's in-law cousin. I went to church, and I know somehow God is there. He hear my voice, and but I'm not completely happy yet. I went to church because two reasons. I have a friend. And then uh, I have my curiosity. I want to know, learn more about Christianity. And it's a long, it took me a long time. And then in Christmas time, uh, I heard the message from the pastor. He talked about the Christmas, why we celebrate Christmas, not only in Saigon, not only in Vietnam, but around the world. 
and because the baby Jesus came to the world, and then he died on the cross to pay for our sin. If anyone opened their heart to Jesus, accept Jesus as a, their personal Savior, so Jesus will come into their heart and bringing peace and taking any burden. Wow, at that moment, I knew it. I, 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 I needed that peace and and I need somebody to take away my burden. Uh, that's why it touched my heart, and I went to the altar, and I opened my heart, and I accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Wow! And I just prayed to God, Heavenly Father, and all and on through Jesus Christ, uh, because I know that Jesus died on the cross to pay for my sin, and that get me free. That is just an amazing turning point. And I continue to pray. The more I pray to God, to Jesus, the more I have peace. And I pray for joy. I pray for wisdom. I pray for everything. And among all the prayer that I pray, I learn to forgive because at that point, I hold a lot of angry and hatred in my heart. Every time I I was in pain or I I look at my scar, I hated my life, and uh, you know, like I'm really envy with all the girls that who wear a shark sleeve blouses. And my dream was look like them one day. I'm really envy with them. I continue to 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 pray and to work on that. Uh, Sometimes I failed, but I pray God help me uh, because I trust Him, and His He has a power to give me the power can do that. He can do impossible thing in my life, and so because of the process to. From the beginning, suffering with the pain, with the bomb they drop on me. But then at the end, with my journey, I have peace and joy. And and uh, I I just like in my book I say, I learned that is a wisdom is my best friend. I learned for the wisdom. I learned everything that I could learn. And now with that learning. I am so thankful for my life that um, I know the reason why I have to suffer. For me, I thought nine years old, I was a wrong place and a wrong time, but now I'm the right time and the right place. And now I understand when I met people, children who suffer similar like me, who I became a victim, all kind of you know, tragedy. And I understand right away about their pain and about their need and uh, how they're feeling. I understand right away because I had been there. That is a great opportunity, great chance. I can help people and with that journey, 
And that's why I can tell you that is the the bombs it led me to Jesus. And if you know, like nothing happened to me, maybe I stay in and lost forever, you know. And the good thing is, I'm not only the one who uh, became Christian, who believe in Jesus Christ, but my entire family, my mom and dad, my siblings my niece, my nephew, my husband, my children, all, most of them is became Christian. <laughs> and I'm so thankful for that. <laughs> and all because of you and your story. Yes, I pray for them. And my life had changed. And um, they can see me as they can see God with me. God is so real in my life. And uh, believe me, I am not political, I'm not religion, I'm just living by my faith. From that little girl, I found it, and uh, I have the relationship between me and Jesus and God, not not only just the religion, you know. Religion doesn't help me. I, I experience this about that. But the relationship that made my life change... I'm Jess Lester, you're listening to Premier Christian Radio and my interview with Kim Fort Van Tai, also known as the Napalm Girl. Join us again for part two right after this. Premier Christianity Magazine. Are you fed up with fake news or bored of bad stories? We think it's time for something different. I'm Sam Hales, editor of Premier Christianity Magazine. Every month, our team publishes stories of lives transformed, testimonies, miracles, healings, and loads more good news. We're here to encourage you, excite you, and keep you up to date with all that God is doing through His church. That's why we're proud to bring you a magazine that's different. For your free copy, visit premierchristianity.com forward slash free sample. The Profile You're listening to Premier Christian Radio. Hello and welcome back to The Profile here on Premier Christian Radio. I'm Jess Lester and this is the show where we delve into a well-known Christian's life and testimony. It's brought to you in association with the UK's leading Christian magazine, Premier Christianity. And for a free sample copy of the latest issue, visit premierchristianity.com forward slash free sample. Today on The Profile, I've been talking to Kim Fort Fantai, also known as the Napalm Girl, about the iconic photo taken when she was nine years old of her running away from the spot where three napalm bombs were dropped during the Vietnam War. In case you missed the first half of today's profile, before the break, Kim was telling us the incredible story of how she was photographed naked and running away from the napalm bomb site, with burns covering her left arm, back and neck. While Kim made a slow recovery at home after being found in a hospital morgue by her parents, she was left spiritually unfulfilled as she desperately tried to find out why she had to be the one that was the victim. Kim wouldn't find the answer until she became a Christian in 1982 after an encounter with the New Testament led her to go to church. She accepted Jesus into her life on Christmas Eve. Keep listening to find out why Kim values forgiveness and love above all other things and gives a message to her nine-year-old self, don't give up. You mentioned earlier that children and young people are really important to you. Is there a way that we should be approaching children with the gospel, um, with your own children? For example, how did you approach them with the story of Jesus? 
you know, for my case, nine years old, and I didn't know anything about Jesus at that time yet. But then later, 10 years later, and uh, somehow I believe that God had a plan for that little girl because he put in me something special. That special was seeking, searching. I wanted to move on, and I wanted to find a way to do it. Even my family uh, loved me, but uh, they just cried with me. They didn't know how to help me in spiritual way. But for me, I just uh, seeking. That's why I have. And so for all the children at nine years old, I wish they know earlier about Jesus loved them and God loved them. When they suffer, they're not alone. And um, they need to reach out for help. I think is uh, for my children, I introduced them early uh, age about God's love, about the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Um, because I became Christian in, when I was 19, so I know the value, uh, the, the importance of God's love. And if we have faith, we can move on with all kinds of tragedy. And I know the value of the relationship. That's why I wanted to introduce my children to know God earlier. So, for example, we went to church and uh, we have the Bible uh, with them and read in the Bible and praying together. Like my children right now, are full-time in ministry, and uh, people asking them why they choose that. And they answer that because they saw God is real in uh, mom and dad's life. And so they can see the relationship that is so, so important. And so for me, I encourage people like introduce uh, the gospel, the word of God, the love of God, the salvation to the children as a young age because the more they know, the more they, uh, it's easier for them to make a decision. I never force my children because I value the freedom in my life. I, I have been uh, under control so many years and so I just want to explain uh, the good thing or the bad thing, and I let them learn, then they can make their own decision uh, for their life. I, I gave them the conscience to think, to pray, and to make a decision. Because you know what? They know i suffering. It's a real. They know mommy have pain. But mommy learned how to forgive, to move on. They is so real. I didn't hide anything from them. I have to say the truth. Teaching them how to learn to forgive. The children is children. They fighting each other. You know <laughs> that is uh, normal. But mommy learned to forgive, who caused her suffering. And God bless me. I have peace and joy in my life. Mommy, free from hatred, is a wonderful. 
And so you don't have to hold the hatred in your heart. We still have a lot of issues in the world with war and hatred um, against one another. Do you feel that forgiveness is something that it's not just children need to learn about, but the entire world needs to know more about? Oh, yes, I believe that and I hope that and I pray for that. I really want to tell you that it's my mission. I have to tell the people how horrible war is, but I'm not stopped right there. I want to tell people how beautiful world can be if everyone can learn to live with love, with hope, and forgiveness, if everyone can learn to live like that, and absolutely we don't need war at all. The challenges for everyone to the world is, if that little girl can do it, so everyone can do it too, you just be a blessing. You learn it and so you can make a difference. And that is my message to little child, they can do it. The more you practice to forgive, the easier to do. Like the beginning, learning to forgive, it's not easy for me, not at all. But I use three Ds in my life. First D is uh, desire. The second is determination. The third D is discipline. And I practicing every day in my life. I have to have a desire to move on, to forgive. I have to make a determination. And I have to do discipline myself. I just practice to pray for my enemies and just do it, uh, discipline myself. I think, I believe it. Every child growing up, they can learn that, to forgive. And I think forgiveness is the most important in our life because we know that human is a perfect. And sometimes you have some friend or somebody wrongdoing to you and uh, you learn to forgive. And that is so beautiful between humans. Forgiveness is one thing, but loving one another is also one of the greatest commandments. So what does loving one another look like to you? Uh, that is a great command. And I practicing every single day in my life. I remember the beginning. It wasn't easy for me because mm-hmm. I cannot love the people who unlove and who unlike I just don't want to think about that. Uh, don't think about that, people. Okay, let it go. But no, it just reminds me all the time. I have to face, uh, okay, I, I cannot run away. I have to face and work on that. And then, number one, I have to pray, God help me. Number two, I I have to memorize the words of God in, in the Bible. Like Roman, when God say. No righteousness, none. And I say, okay, in this world, nobody can be perfect. Only one is God. And so if they're not perfect, I'm not perfect. And then I just say, okay, 
Uh, I pray for the one who wrongdoing to me. Okay, Lord, give them another chance. <laughs> mm-hmm. Give them a wisdom. Give them a peace that they don't do wrong to me again or to another. When I started to pray good thing, goodness to them, and then eventually my heart, oh, I love them enough to pray for them. <laughs> and so I say, the more I pray for my enemies or who wrongdoing to me, the softer my heart became. That's beautiful that you feel like you can love the people who did wrong to you. If you were able to speak to the the person who dropped the bomb that burnt you, what would you want to say to them? Oh, you know, that is my dream. Even up to now, I don't know who did it, who dropped the bomb. Mm. And But in my dream, in my prayer, I wish one day, if he alive, if that person alive, I Really, in my dream, I want to hug him. I want to tell him from my heart, I love you. I pray for you every day. Just let it go. You cannot change in history, and I cannot go back to change that action. No, I cannot change, but right now I can tell you, I love you and let it go. God, take care of it. I just let you know I forgive you. And uh, if he die, I cannot say anything. But if he's still alive, I will tell him that. And about love, about hope and forgiveness, that is so beautiful in our life. And each of us need that. Each of us. In everywhere, in any nation, any color, in any level, rich or poor, Being a a human being, we need three things, love, hope, and forgiveness. And all the children who have victims of war or tragedy or whatever happened to their life, they need that. Your photo has been repeatedly voted as one of the most iconic in history. What kind of impact do you feel that it had? I'm not thinking, but I know that too, because this is really uh, impact in my life now. Not in, you know, like 47 years ago, yes, but continue up to now day. And um, I believe that very strong, that continue to impact people around the world about that picture. And I'm so, so, so thankful for that. And um, like I explained to you the beginning, I didn't like it. As a little girl, I was so embarrassed for that because I ran naked and hopeless and agony. And now, but as a uh, mother and grandmother, I, I, I really... Um, i really thankful for that picture. I can see the continue uh, up to now, after 50 years, that that picture continue to, to be impact. Where do you feel like photography has its place in news? Do you feel like it really is a movement for change? Yes, I believe that. Yes, absolutely. 
the importance of the photographer, I I believe that, and uh, they are so important. It's a make a, a big change in in the world. I'm so thankful for that, and I believe as a photographer, they have their responsible their responsibility for their picture. I just salute, you know. Uh, I'm so thankful for them. Having been through so much, you struggled with why me for such a long time, but have you figured that out? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have that uh, that answer already because why me? And I believe that is God had a plan for me. He looked down and he can say, yes, I'm not finished with you yet, that little girl. <laughs> I have a plan for you. And that's why now I can see I learned, I know that the purpose in my life, I know why that happened. All that I went through, the pain, physical pain and emotional pain, spiritual, um, you know, everything I went through, now I understand the people who face with that situation like me. For example, when I read the news and uh, I learned a lot of people suffering and I know the situation and I pray for them and uh, through the foundation, I want to help them. When I met them, I can show them how much I went through, but I still have hope. I still learning to forgive. I still have love to people. I love people. And so when they saw me uh, through my life, by, by the grace of God, they will have hope by me. Through my life, I thank God he, he let me learn now I can give hope to people. I was in Uganda. My friend asking me to come to visit the burn eunuch in the hospital in Uganda. Oh my goodness, it's just so hard for me. Uh, I know that when I saw the the burn patient, it reminded me when I was uh, in the burn eunuch. I didn't want it. I cried. I didn't want it. I didn't want it to go and get into the burn eunuch. But then I pray, God, please help me, give me a strength, give me a power. I can, I have to fight. Mm. <laughs> it's because I'm human being. But finally, I agree. Most of people who got burned by acid, I got into with the lady. Um, her husband threw the acid on her face, her body got burned, and the nurse so patient to help her uh, to eat, to drink, and talking with her. She she, she just ignored the, the, the nurse. She just wanted to die. No hope. Not at all. But then that moment I, I went to visit her. She just listened, but not reaction, nothing. Then I I talk the way that how I suffer as a little girl. I show her my scars is real in my body, and I show her the picture. And I got burned like that, but now I'm so 
so happy to be here. I understand her pain, and I understand what she's thinking now. She just wanted to die, and I have been there. I talk about 10 minutes, and I pray for her. She didn't react anything, but then I left. I got the message from the, the nurse. Wow, after she heard your voice and see your picture, and then uh, she stood up after you left, she stood up and she walked on the hall, uh, through the hall, and she's smiling and she she can uh, she agreed to eat to drink, and I say, wow, that is so good that I gave her hope. That is just a real encouragement. I was just going to ask you about how you feel about your scars now. Now, every time I touch my scar, I am so thankful for my scar. Because my scar reminds me that God be with me. My scar just asks the mark that God stamped on my body. Remind me, I am with you, Kim. I'm with you. Mm. And now I, I I touch my scar and I love my scar because it makes me humble, make me love people, make me do what I am doing now. That little girl, now I fulfill my my dream, helping people with humble my heart. And I'm so thankful because mm. of my scar. I didn't upset, I didn't uh, angry like before. I just go to the Lord and pray. The more I pray, the more peace I have. And and that is just make me more intimacy, uh, relationship with God. And that is more strength inside of me. And... Um, Wow, it's just so a miracle. And I tell you that the the scar is is uh, not easy to deal with, but I pray for miracle. So my scar right now is much better, improve my pain, and so that is a miracle for me. And I'm so thankful for that. What would your message be if you could talk to other children who are out there suffering right now? This is a very difficult, but because I I was one of millions like them, was one of them. And I can tell them with the truth from my heart, you always have hope. Believe that God loves you. And people love you, and uh, you have to learn that please don't give up hope. You always have hope. Just uh, don't give up like I was. <laughs> uh, yes, I I almost gave up, but I'm so glad I, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't give up. Mm. Now I can tell you please always have hope. One more thing I can tell them, when you face with tragedy, you don't have to feel like you are alone. 
you have always people around to help you and and God loves you, people love you and you have to love yourself and you have to help yourself that is make successful. Like I had been there. I felt lonely. I almost fell. I I I almost gave up but people out there help me. God help me and I have to work on me. We have to work together. Every child can learn that, like me. And if you could go back and tell yourself something at nine years old when you were recovering from the horrific tragedy of the burns, would you say something similar to yourself? Yeah, I say, Kim, hang on there. <laughs> <laughs> By God's grace and God's mercy, uh, you will be fine. You will be fine. If I go back to talk with myself, you will be fine. God love you. God love you. People love you. And uh, you know, like before, how how much I hate myself because when I saw my scar. Now I go back. I I have to tell myself as a little girl, love you. You have to love you, yourself because that is a really important when you love yourself. You can uh, move on. You can do much better because hatred and and the sorrow and the negative full in my heart at that time is really make my life so miserable. No, love yourself because it's nobody cannot help you if you not. Uh, love yourself and agree to receive the help from people from outside. Both inside and outside, you, if you agree to work together, uh, because it's, nobody can uh, get in to, to learn about you if you just keep the way you are. I have that... Uh, Nobody understand me. Uh, I'm so miserable, and I, um, you know, I learned that I never let myself to think about negative, because I was full of negative before. <laughs> because ne- when I think about negative, it's negative come along, give me disappointed, give me um, depression, give me all kind of bad not good at all don't give up hope and move on love yourself open your eyes open your mind the lesson that you can learn the good thing you applied it and bad thing you just left behind just let it go thank you so much kim for sharing some of your story I'm Jess Lester, you're listening to Premier Christian Radio, and that was my interview with Kim Fort Van Tai, also known as the Napalm Girl. For more great interviews like this, check out Premier Christianity magazine, the publication that sponsors this show, and for a free sample copy, visit premierchristianity.com forward slash free sample. That's all we've got time for today, but we'll be back, same place, same time, next week, with another great interview for you. <laughs>